Look at Luke chapter 4, verse 16. Talking about Jesus Christ. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. Now, it says right there that his custom was. Jesus Christ's custom was to go to church. The synagogue was the modern-day equivalent of what we'd call church. They'd go there, they'd do a little singing, people would get up and they'd read scriptures that they had out of the Old Testament. It's what we would basically call church. And notice the Bible says it was his custom to go. It was his custom to be in church, Jesus Christ. And he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up for it to read. And it, they'd have different readings and different men would have the opportunity to get up and they'd hand them a scroll of Deuteronomy. Maybe they'd hand them a scroll of Genesis and they'd open it up and they'd read and then they might expound, kind of like we do with preaching. They might read it and they'd expound. But notice all about the Word of God. It's all about God's words. Amen. So Jesus, as his custom was, he was going to the synagogue. Well, one day he gets up and he gets up to read, verse 17, And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. Now that's a Greek way of saying Isaiah. The Hebrew way of saying Isaiah. So somebody brings him the, the scroll of Isaiah, Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And all and the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. <laughs> he stands up and he reads this scripture that's obviously talking about the Christ, the anointed one. Amen. And he closes it up after reading it, and he sits down, and they all look on him, and they know what he's saying. He is that one. He's the anointed one. Verse 21, And he began to say unto them, This day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. He's proclaiming, proclaiming himself to be the Christ. And they're all staring at him in the synagogue that he was accustomed to going to. See, he'd been coming in there. And notice it says in verse 22, And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words, gracious words, gracious words, which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? Jesus Christ had very gracious words. And the scripture we're going to study this morning, it's very gracious words. Grace. It's gifts being given that we don't deserve. And I want to point out before we get too far in this sermon, at the end of verse 22, they say, Is not this Joseph's son? I know this is Christmas time, and uh, we, we, we focus on the birth of Christ at this time. And we, we have up here, we have on our little nativity, we have a little, little baby Christ. And we got Joseph, and we got Mary, and what I want to preach on this morning is I want to preach on this little baby, what he was sent to do. What was Jesus sent to do? Amen. We're given this Savior. We studied that in Sunday school. We're given the Savior. The Savior was given to us. Jesus Christ was given to us by God as a gift. Amen. 
So what was He given to us for? What was He sent to do? What was He sent to do? And I want to go back and read to you exactly what Jesus Christ said. This is what I've been sent to do. Back up in verse 18. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we're just sinners, Lord. And we need Your help. And Father, I need Your help this morning, Lord. And Father, I just pray Your Holy Spirit will move among us, Lord God. Your people come from, some of them from a, a long distance, Lord God, to hear from You. Lord, we do want to hear from You. Lord, I don't want it to be my words, Lord. I pray it will be Your words, Father. I pray that You'll fill me with Your Holy Spirit, Lord God, that this preaching, Lord, will be Your preaching and not mine. And Father, Lord, I just pray an extra special blessing on these people, Father. And Lord, uh, I pray that Your Holy Spirit will come in, Lord God, and lead, guide, and direct us, Lord. Help us to understand what we need to know, Lord, out of your book, Father. Lord, forgive us where we fail you, Lord. But above all else, Father, we want to lift up Jesus Christ. We want to glorify Jesus Christ, Lord. We want you to come in, Lord God, and reside with us this morning, Lord. And read your word and study your word, Lord God. And Father, I pray if there's somebody underneath the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, they can't think of a time, Lord, that they received you as their Savior, Lord. They can't. They don't know for sure, Lord, if they were to die tonight, if they'd go to heaven or hell, Lord God. I pray when we give the invitation that they'll come on down the aisle, Lord God, and they'll do the right thing and get saved. Lord, thank you for salvation in Jesus Christ, Lord. Thank you for sending him. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray. Amen. Verse 18. Verse 18. Let's read together what the Lord was sent to do. You know, it wasn't too long ago, too many weeks ago, I, spent, I, I, I preached a message on what the Lord was sent not to do. What the Lord didn't come to do. There's a lot of things the Lord didn't come to do. He didn't come to condemn. There's a lot of things I preached on now. I want to preach this morning on what the Lord was sent to do. We know what he's sent what not to do. What was he sent to? This is exactly what he's been sent to do. Verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. The first thing Christ is sent to do, the first thing Jesus Christ was sent on this earth to do was to preach the gospel to the poor. Gospel is the good news. He's been sent to preach the good news to the poor. First thing coming to your mind probably was, I'm not poor. I'm not poor. Well, you are poor. You are poor. You might not realize it, but you poor. See, the problem is, is when you mention the word poor, the first thing that comes to a man or woman's mind is a wallet, is money, is finances. But I found out, I've found out over the years in the ministry dealing with people that are poor, and we've dealt with people that are poor and helping people out that are poor, as I found out that they're poor, they're, they're poor way up here in their mind, way before they're poor in their wallet. Most of the poor people I know, it starts up here, they have a mental problem. Just something that's just, they either are poor mentally with taking care of money, poor mentally with being disciplined to get up and keep a job, poor mentally, just poor mentally with their IQ. They just don't have, uh, they, their mind can't grasp certain concepts. But it starts up here in the mind way before it gets down here to the wallet. You're poor. You're poor in spirit. You're poor in spirit. You're poor in spirit. You might be the richest man underneath the sound of my voice, but if you don't have Jesus Christ, and you don't know Jesus Christ, you're just a poor beggar in God's eyes. You're just a poor beggar in God's eyes. The Bible says we're all poor in God's eyes. Every one of us. We're poor in righteousness, 
were poor in sins and filth. See, when we think of poor people, when you think of somebody who's poor, the first, for me personally, the first thing that comes to my mind is somebody who's got rags on, that's got dirty clothes on, that doesn't take care of themselves, that uh, maybe has a, has a certain smell to them. And in the world, when somebody wants to try to hide, they try to, they try to dress up, they try to clean themselves up, and they try, not to, they try to have nice clothes on. Because I, I, I tried to walk out of the house when I was a kid, and my mom would say, you look like a beggar's child. Go back in there and put some clothes on that don't have stains on them. Take those clothes off, they got stains on Because she, she don't want us to look poor. Amen. She don't want us to look poor. But in God's eyes, we are poor. Amen. See, the richest man you know, if he doesn't have Jesus Christ in God's eyes, he's just in rags. Because see, in God's eyes, poorness has nothing to do with your wallet. It has to do with your spiritual standing. It has to do with your righteousness. Romans chapter 3, verse 10 says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Bill Gates, you think of it. There's nobody who's righteous. There's nobody who does right. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Everybody's poor in spirit. What Jesus Christ is preaching the gospel to is not to the poor in wallet, but the poor in spirit. Amen. Spiritually, they're poor. And they know they're poor. I knew I'm poor. I hope you know you're poor. You're poor spiritually and you need the riches of God. Amen. And you need the riches of Christ. Isaiah 64, 6 says, But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf. And our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Amen. Jesus Christ said, He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Poor in spirit. The poor in spirit. But what the world has done, now listen to me, what the world has done is, is God's got a litmus test to see if you're poor or not. And what they've done is they've took that test, and since the world can't pass that test, they can't find a way to pass that test, and they keep trying, and you're not going to be able to pass the test. But since they can't pass the test, this is what they decided to do. They changed the answers to the questions. They changed the test. So now, their righteousness is down just way down here. And righteousness and doing right in the world's eyes is so much lower than God could ever imagine it could have gone. It's way down here. Amen. Way, way. They just changed the answers to the test. They can't pass the test. They just change it. And they think, well, I'm not poor. I, I passed the test. Look at my neighbor. I'm not as bad as my neighbor. I'm a good old boy. I try to do those, those things that are right. I try to do things that are right. I try to do things that I think God would want me to do. God's not going to judge you against your neighbor. Amen. The test is, how do you stand up to God's holiness? Amen. To the righteousness of Jesus Christ. When you stand up to the righteousness of Jesus Christ, anybody in this room would be poor compared to the righteousness of Jesus Christ. No way. Amen. But that's not what, but look, you're saying that's some bad news, brother. Yeah, it is bad news. But see, the problem is, you're trying to take the test you're not going to be able to pass. Don't take the test. Okay, y'all guys that were in high school, like I was in high school and tried to make it the best way I could, what was the way I went through high school? Cheating every chance I got. You cheat. 
You try to look over your neighbor's shoulder and see you get that. That's why I never finished high school and they kicked me out. <laughs> I was no good. You know, you didn't study. I didn't, I didn't want to put the time in or everything. So you just try to cheat. You know, give me the answers, man. Give me the answers. You can't pass this test. But I know a man who can. His name's Jesus Christ. And you can get Jesus Christ come in and take the test for you. And he'll pass it 100%. And that's the good news. Preach the gospel, the good news, to the poor. First and foremost, our Lord and Savior came as a preacher. Jesus Christ came as a preacher. The world, the world wants to keep him as a baby, but he didn't come as a baby. He came as a baby to be a preacher. Amen. He didn't come to stay a baby. He came to be a preacher. Amen. You know what the first words, one of the, some of the first words Jesus Christ is recorded as saying in the Bible? Repent! The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, repent. The world don't like that word, repent. The world don't like that. You know what repentance means? It implies you've done something wrong. You need to turn around. Amen. You, who are you to tell me I've done something wrong? I'm not telling you. God's telling you. Jesus Christ is telling you. Repent. He came to preach the gospel to the poor. What did he do also? He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. I love this scripture. Jesus Christ was sent to heal the brokenhearted. Something in you is broken. Something in you is broken. There's something in you that needs to have that relationship with God. Now the world can't get that. Sometimes the world thinks, I just don't feel satisfied. And, 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 and there's something in them that's just gnawing at them. And they, they can't, they, there's a hole in their heart. And they're never going to feel that because that hole needs God. And they try to fill it with drugs, they try to fill it with entertainment, they try to fill it with maybe sex, they try to fill it with anything they could think of, alcohol to try to fill this hole in their heart, and it's never full because that's not what goes in there. That heart, your heart has a shape that needs God. Amen. Something in you is broken, and God has came, Jesus Christ has came, has come to heal the brokenhearted. Amen. Okay, everybody in this room is different. One thing that might break your heart wouldn't break my heart, and one thing that breaks my heart wouldn't break your heart. We're all different. We all get brokenhearted over, uh, over things in our life. And when you get brokenhearted, and I've been brokenhearted in my life, when you get brokenhearted, there's nothing anybody can do to heal you. Amen. And they try, don't they? <laughs> come on, man, let's go out. I know, you, I know you're brokenhearted. I know, come on, let's go out, let's go party. I don't know. <laughs> Come on, man, we'll go have a good time. Come on, cheer up, cheer up. And there isn't no cheering up. It'll be all right, it'll be all right. It ain't going to be all right. I'm always been a, I've always been a truth. I just look at things with the truth. I've been just a pessimist at heart. It isn't going to be all right. There's nothing anybody can do to heal you up. But that's why Jesus came. Because you, be, you can't have your broken heart healed. You can't have what's broken in you healed unless it's healed by Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's why so many of us come to Jesus Christ. There's people in this room that have went other places before they went to Jesus Christ. I went to other places before I went to Jesus Christ. I didn't believe Jesus Christ was the way. I went to all kinds of different ways. I was into the occult. I was into witchcraft. I was into Satanism. I've been into all kinds of different things before I realized, you know what? Jesus Christ is the way. He will heal me up. He'll heal my broken heart. 
Are you brokenhearted this morning? Are you brokenhearted over a child? I get brokenhearted over my child. Are you brokenhearted over a family member? Are you brokenhearted over a spouse? Are you brokenhearted over a doctor's report? Are you brokenhearted over your job? Are you brokenhearted over what a friend did to you? Are you brokenhearted over your sin? Are you in here this morning and you're brokenhearted over some sin you've done? Jesus Christ came to heal you of that broken heart. Jesus can and will heal your broken heart. Of all, and I'm not a very old guy, I guess. I'm in my, about to be 50. But the truth is, all these years of living, I've never found anybody who could heal my broken heart but Jesus Christ. Amen. And I've tried different things to try to drown out, to try to drown out the pain, try to drown it out. It don't drown it out. Jesus Christ is the only one that can heal your broken heart. And thank God he was sent to do that. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives. I'm not captive. Yeah, you are. That's right. You're captive in sin. And you don't realize it. He's preaching deliverance to the captives. Maybe you're captive to your emotions. Do you get angry quick? Do you get your feelings hurt real easy? Maybe you're captive to your emotions. I can be. I, get, I can get my feelings hurt really quick. I just have grown old enough. I'm old enough now to hide it better, but I get my feelings hurt pretty easy. Uh, I get angry really easy. I'm kind, of a, I'm kind of captive to my emotions. Maybe you're like me and you can be captive to your own sins. Be a prisoner to your own sins. Do you feel like you're in bondage to a certain sin? Is there a certain sin in your life you feel like you're just in bondage to? You've tried and you've tried and you've tried to quit sinning. You've tried to quit the sin. You've tried to not do whatever it is you do. Can, can, I, can I encourage you just to turn it over to Jesus Christ? He said, he'd, he said He'd deliver you. Do you believe these words? I believe every word I read. He's came to preach deliverance to the captives. Amen. You know something I know about Jesus Christ? He wants to deliver you. And you're captive in sin. You might be in here this morning, you might feel like I'm so chained up in my sins. My sins got me so wrapped up, I'm so chained up, there's no way I can be released. There's no way out. I'm so deep into these drugs. I'm so deep into this alcohol. I'm so deep into this particular sin. There's nobody can heal me. There's no way out. There's no way I can stop. There's no way I can stop. And there is a way. You're not going to do it. You're right. You can't stop. But Jesus Christ in you can stop you. It's a will. Lord, I will you to, let, to do it. Lord, I, I, I can't do it. Lord, will you do it for me? One of the most amazing prayers you can pray is, Lord, I can't stop what I'm doing, but Lord, I know through your Holy Spirit that you can in me stop it. Can I say that maybe you're not letting him do it? Maybe deep down in your heart you want to stay captive. And until God shows you just how miserable you are, you're not going to come out of it. See, we like to take sin, and God hates sin. 
God wants to destroy sin. God wants to take sin and throw it into hell. But we like to take sin and we like to coddle it. And we like to nourish it. And we like to take it. And a lot of us like to take it and hide it. Where, where even our spouse don't know it's there. And God's not like that. God don't like it. And God wants you to take it and throw it away. And you're a captive to that sin. And Jesus Christ has came to deliver you from that captivity. He wants to deliver you. And I praise the Lord that He does deliver. He delivered me from so many You think I'm bad now? You should have known me before the Lord saved me. And before the Lord's had about 30 years of working on me. Man, you should have... <laughs> the Lord's delivered me from so many different sins. That's why as a pastor, I, I, nothing shocks me. What people tell me. Nothing. I've been delivered from so many sins and I'm not going to confess them right here to you. And I thank the Lord he did. Amen. And some of those sins I tried to deliver myself and I just kept, you know what happens when you, I tried to deliver myself? The chains, I just got myself, those cords just got tighter and those chains got tighter to the point where I was even worse than I was before I started. Self-reformation never works. Jesus Christ works. That's what he was sent for. He sent because you're poor. He sent because you're brokenhearted. He sent because you're a captive. Amen. He's also sent in recovering sight to the blind. He's sent to recover and recovering of sight to the blind. Amen. Amen. You might be out there this morning saying, I'm not blind. Well, yes, you are blind. You are blind spiritually. Do you see where I'm going with this? I'm not captive. I'm not brokenhearted. I'm not poor. You might not be in this world any of those things, but spiritually you're all those things without Jesus Christ. And you don't realize it. And that's what I'm trying to show you. Jesus Christ has come because He needed to come. You need this stuff. God thinks and knows that you're poor and brokenhearted and captive and blind and you need these things. Amen. Or he wouldn't have sent his son to die on the cross for you. And that's why the Lord, what the Lord said. This scripture is fulfilled in your eyes. Right now, your, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears right now. Amen. You're seeing me. Here I am. I've come to do it. And he did do it. And he's still doing it today. Amen. That's why we're up here preaching. This isn't the Lord that did this 2,000 years ago and he stopped doing it. No, he's doing it today, right now. He can do it today in your life. Amen. You got to let him. You got to pray and ask him to do it. Most people don't even realize they're blind, spiritually. Don't, don't even realize they're blind. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 tells us this. And whom the God of this world, that would be Satan, hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. God's, uh, the, God's telling you that the devil has your eyes blinded. Amen. Spiritually. You think your eyes are open, you think you know everything, you think you have all wisdom, you think you have all knowledge, and God says you're dumb and stupid and ignorant Amen. spiritually. You might, be a, you, might have a, you might have an MD after your name. You might be a doctorate. You might have all kinds of degrees. You might have went to some of the highest colleges in the world. God doesn't care. He tells you you're spiritually stupid. You're blind. And you can't tell yourself you're blind. You don't know you're blind. The devil's got you fooled. 
into thinking you got the light. You don't have the light. The devil's name is Lucifer. Light bringer. Like lucent, lucent, like a lucent light. Light bringer. He's a false light. <laughs> the Bible says that the devil appears as an as a angel of light. That's his appearance. He appears as of an angel of light. He's not going to appear as darkness. You think you've got the light, and you don't have the light. You're blind. Jesus Christ came to give you the light. He came to open your eyes. He came to set you free. If you're with me still, look at Acts, look at Acts chapter uh, 26. I'm going, to show you, I'm going to show you some scripture. You want to, if you want to turn with me, Acts chapter 26. Acts chapter 26, verse 18. Paul was uh, being sent, was about to be sent over. He's standing in front of King Agrippa. Paul's having to answer for what's, what's going on in his life, why he's arrested, and he's given his testimony. Paul's given his testimony at this time. And he talks about what happened when Jesus Christ showed up in his life. And Jesus Christ can show up in your life this morning if you let him. He wants to. He wants to do all this stuff for you. But see, Jesus Christ is a gentleman. He's not going to just barge in. Whereupon as I went, verse 12, Whereupon as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests, this is Acts chapter 26, verse 13, At midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me and them which journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks, the pricks of his conscience. See, his conscience was pricking at him. Like the Holy Spirit might be doing you this morning. Just that little, just something's not right. And the Holy Spirit's working on you. And I said, who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things in which I will appear unto thee. Now look at verse 17 and 18. Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee. Look at verse 18. This is what he wants Paul to do. To open their eyes. To open their eyes. And to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Put your faith in Jesus Christ and your eyes will be opened. See this great commission. Paul, the greatest Christian to ever live. Paul, the greatest Christian to ever live. Jesus Christ told him, I want you to go to open their eyes. They're blind and they don't know it. Jesus Christ came to cover the side of the blind. That's what he came for. Without Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, you can't have your eyes opened. You walk around in darkness. And you think you know it all, and you don't know squat. Say, <laughs> so why do you speak with such authority? Why are you calling people stupid and dumb? Because they're stupid and spiritually dumb. I, I was stupid and spiritually dumb. I'm not, I, I, I'm, here, here's my problem. 
I was stupid and spiritually dumb and in the earth and with my mind stupid and dumb. I, didn't, I got both, both ends of the wrong ends of the stick or whatever. I was both of them. Spiritually and physically, stupid and dumb. But what about a man like Albert Einstein? Albert Einstein, one of the, uh, known as one of the smartest men the world's ever known. The world loves to take Albert Einstein and put him up on a pedestal. This is what Albert Einstein said about Jesus. Do you know he said something about Jesus? He said, as a child, I received instruction both in the Bible and in the Talmud. That's a Jewish I am a Jew, but I am enthralled by the luminous figure of the Nazarene. What? Albert Einstein said, I'm enthralled by the luminous figure of the Nazarene. The light of Jesus Christ. I'll interpret that for you. The luminous figure, the light of Jesus Christ. He said, I'm enthralled by it. This is one of the smartest men the world says has ever been, says, I'm a Jew, but when I look at Jesus Christ, there's light there. Amen. No one, this is not, I'm continuing quoting what he said. No one can read the Gospels without feeling the actual presence of Jesus. Wow. Sounds like he's doing some good preaching. His personality, the personality of Jesus, pulsates in every word. He's saying there's something special about that scripture. There's something special about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is something special. He said, I'm a Jew. I don't believe in God. But when you read about Jesus, there's just something there. Amen. And he goes on to say this. No myth is filled with such life. No myth is filled with such lies. He's spiritually stupid. He's spiritually ignorant. He doesn't even realize what he's saying. Myths don't have lies. Myths are lies. Myth is a lie. It's a lie. It's something you made up. But he says this myth, no myth has, has, is filled with such lie. He's so spiritually stupid, he doesn't realize... There's a Christ, I, I, I'm acknowledging that it's, he's light, and there's something just about him that enthralls me, and when I read about him in the scripture, it comes alive, and, but there's nothing to it. I'm going to keep on walking around blind, living in this world, ignorant. That's who Jesus Christ came for. To a man that's so intelligent, but so spiritually stupid. Amen. He never stopped to think, maybe it has so much life because it's not a myth. Amen. Maybe this Jesus that's luminous, this Jesus that enthralls me, this Jesus that has life, maybe it is the truth. Amen. Maybe when this man Jesus stood up and said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. Maybe he was telling the truth. He was sent for these things, and the world is blind to him. I'm thankful that the Holy Spirit came into my heart and enlightened me. I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit that came in and opened my eyes. And I got to see for a moment the truth. 
And when I saw the truth, I went down and received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I've never looked back. And He's healed me of all of these things. Every one of them. I've been healed. I don't feel poor anymore. I'm a child of a king. I've got a mansion waiting on me. I'm not broken hearted. Yeah, some things in this world are bro- or make me broken hearted, but when it comes to spiritual things, I'm not broken hearted anymore. I've got the joy of God in me. Amen. I've got the joy of Christ in me. I'm not broken hearted about God. See, I'm not broken hearted because, see, where my heart was broken and it was wrong between me and God, now everything's all right. See, when you say something's broken hearted, it means what, we, what the Bible's trying to say and what we mean by that is, here I am. And here's somebody else is, and our hearts are not one anymore. Our hearts are broken. My heart's broken because somebody's heart went somewhere else, and now my heart's not with them, and I'm brokenhearted. And when God, spiritually speaking there, God's up here, and you're down here, and your heart's broken spiritually, and it needs to be mended, and you're at two with God, and somebody needs to come in and help you get one with God. Amen. Make things right between you and God, because y'all are brokenhearted. And He's brokenhearted about you. He loves you. He wants everything to be all right. And there's only been one man, one mediator being able to do that. And that man is Jesus Christ. Because he's the son of God and he's the son of man. See that little baby down there? He's both. Makes him very, very special. The angel told Mary, what's in you is of God. He's going to be Emmanuel, God with us. So Jesus, as the Son of Man, can reach down and grab Keegan's hand. And Jesus, as the Son of God, can reach up and grab God's hand. So I want to put y'all two together. He's going to heal the brokenhearted. He's going to deliver you from being captive. He's going to recover the sight of the blind. And finally, to set at liberty them that are bruised. There's liberty in Jesus Christ that you can't find anywhere else. Liberty. That word is used so much in America. We're all about liberty in America. And as we're all about liberty, we see our liberties took away every day. And the Bible tells us why. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. What the Bible tells us. So when there's no Spirit of the Lord moving in America, no more liberty. You don't want God, you don't want liberty. If you want liberty, you got to have God. You got, you got, it goes together. You can't kick God out of the schools, can't get, kick God out of your homes and expect to keep liberty. It don't work. Amen. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, is liberty. And Jesus Christ has came to set at liberty them that are bruised, beat up. Do you feel like this world's just beat you up? Punched you. Kicked you, pulled you, pushed you, elbowed you, jabbed you. I do. You can't get up in this world. The world, it, it, it does everything it can to bruise you. Bruises you through the bills. Bruises you through doctor's appointments. Bruises you through going to work and listening to people. Punches you, whips you, kicks you. This world, just waking up in this world, you're going to get bruises. He set at liberty for them that are bruised. Beat up. You feel like this world just beat you up? 
Well, I got some good news for you. Jesus Christ has came to liberate you and to set you free. I like this last one, and I'm glad the Lord, in the way the Scripture's written, He saved it for last, because this is the greatest one. Because if there's anything I like, I like to be free. I don't like somebody tell me what to do. I like to have freedom. That's why I love living in the greatest country in the world today, which is America. Because of freedom. I have the freedom to go on a corner and street preach. I have the freedom to preach Jesus Christ. I have the freedom to come into, and, and to worship God like I want to worship. The freedom we have is because of the liberty we have through Jesus Christ and the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. I'm going to read you one thing in closing that Jesus Christ said in John. John chapter 8. John chapter 8, verse 36. Talking about liberty. In closing, John, Jesus Christ said in John chapter 8, verse 36, If the Son, therefore, shall make you free. Yes, y'all know what I'm about to say. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I love the freedom you give me. Man, praise the Lord. I, you know who I'm going to answer to? Not a one of you. <laughs> I don't have to answer to a one of you except my wife. I'm only going to answer to Jesus Christ. Amen. I love that. Amen. He's my master. He's my Lord. I answer to Him. He set me free in this world. Amen. Hey, devil, I don't have to answer to you anymore. Get behind me, Satan. I don't belong to you. He released me from you. I'm not under the captivity of you anymore. I'm free. And when the Lord set me free, I'm free indeed. Amen. I'm free. Let freedom ring. Amen. And when man, when the Lord sets you free, I'm telling you, when he comes into your life and he starts working in your life like this, you're going to get on fire for him. You'll start wanting to go to church. You'll start wanting to read your Bible. You'll start wanting to find out everything you can about Jesus Christ because you want to find out, how is He doing this in my life? How is He giving me peace and grace and this freedom and this release? I'm not saying my life is a, is a rose garden, but I'm telling you, spiritually speaking, there's nothing like Jesus Christ. Amen. Nothing like Jesus Christ. He said, well, it's because you haven't tried anybody else. I have. I've looked into Buddha. You know what Buddha told me to do? And I've got, it, I've got the book. Buddha said, rely on yourself. Rely on yourself. Well, I did rely on myself. You know what that got me? Kicked out of high school. Got me divorced. Uh, you want me to keep going? <laughs> I did a real good job of relying on myself. That didn't get me very far. Amen. Jesus Christ said, don't trust yourself. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross. Crucify yourself. Follow me. Amen. That's what Jesus said. If you'll follow me, I'll set you free. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. Amen. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. That's what he said. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen. What's the truth, Brother, pa Brother Keegan? The truth is, you need Jesus Christ. He can do all these things in your life, but you've got to ask Him to do it. It's by faith in Him. Remember we read that in Acts 26? 
He's going to set their eyes. Their eyes are blind. He wants Paul to go preach to them. They're blinded by Satan. Turn them from Satan to him for forgiveness of sins because they put their faith in him. Just put your faith in Jesus Christ. Say, Lord, I'm going to stop relying on all these other things. I'm going to start relying on you. I'm going to start trying to, stop trying to correct myself. I'm going to let you correct me. And Lord, I want you. Lord, I want. Lord, if you're in here this morning and you don't have it, guys, I, hope, I, I pray you ask for it. Say, Lord, pray this. Lord, I want to be free. I want to be free indeed. And when I say that, I want you to know what I mean by that. I want you to be able to say that and know what that means. Amen. Free from sin. Free to live a life. Free to praise God. Free to know you're going to heaven. All the freedom we have, that liberty we have in the, in, whole, in the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ is something I can't talk about. I can talk about it, talk about it, but I can't give it to you. The Lord's going to have to give it to you. But He will when you ask Him. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, you know we're just wicked sinners. And Father, I just pray, Lord God, that... Uh, best of my ability, Lord, I tried to explain to what you did in my life and what you can do in somebody else's life, Lord. And Father, I'm, I, I'm thankful you're not a respecter of persons. It doesn't matter in this world if somebody doesn't have a lot of money or doesn't have a little money, Lord, or if somebody's black or brown or yellow, Lord, you don't care what they look like, if they're skinny, fat, tall, short, Lord, you don't care, you love them all. And you're willing to do this for anyone. And I thank you for it, Lord, and I thank you, Lord, that even the most wicked sinner, Lord God, can come to you and you can cleanse them and wash them as white as snow. Father, thank you for your love and mercy, Lord. Thank you for your forgiveness we find in the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you for sending us Jesus Christ. We needed all these things even when we were ignorant and didn't know we needed them. And Lord, thank you for Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you for these people that love your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray a special blessing on them. And Lord, as we uh, get ready, Lord, to head over to the nursing home, Father, Lord, I pray you go before us right now, Lord, through your Holy Spirit. Start moving, Lord God. Start getting hearts ready, Lord God, to hear your words preached, Lord God, to hear your, your son glorified in song. Lord God, I pray you go before us, Lord, like only you can. Lord, show us something today. Lord, move today, Lord God. We want to see you move. But of all of, above all else, Father, I want to thank you for the freedom that you've given me in Jesus Christ. Lord, I can't. I can't thank you enough. I know I don't deserve it. I know that it's all because of you. And I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, let's have an invitation, brother. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, come on down. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you would go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3 verse 16. And most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 
That's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it. And if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a savior right now. Same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, Thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13 he sums it up. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care upon him